Have you ever found yourself standing in the way of your own success? Do you struggle to achieve your goals despite having the ability and resources to succeed? Are you tired of repeating the same destructive patterns in your life? Have you ever wondered why you seem to be your own worst enemy? Are you ready to take control of your life and stop getting in your own way? Join me after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend with whom we will answer these and many more questions. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Some of us are masters in self-sabotage, aka the art of quote-unquote, shooting ourselves in the foot when we are on the brink of success. And often we do it without even realizing it. If we have a critical task to finish, we suddenly find ourselves busy with new commitments that require our undivided attention, leaving the original task until the last possible second. Is there a decision to be taken? Well, we want to be absolutely thorough in searching all possible options and weigh them in. And if we need to deliver a project, every night we dream of new little details to add or minutiae to adjust. Does it sound familiar? Well, if so, you, like many of us, might be a master in this fine art. The trouble is that these behaviors or thought patterns undermine our own success, happiness and well-being. The price we pay for self-sabotage can be significant as we may miss out on opportunities, damage relationships, or create unnecessary stress and anxiety in our lives. So today we want to dissect the topic of self-sabotage and understand how we can stop it in a conversation with today's guest, Georgia G. Georgia is a mindset coach, healer, a podcast host, a writer, on a mission to help purpose-driven female entrepreneurs create a business and life even better than the vision board. Enough said. Hi, Georgia. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Hi, Rosanna. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here with you today. Yeah, me, me too, because I really like this topic. I'm a master in this art of self-sabotage, and I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners might feel exactly the same. It's, it's a very interesting topic, but before we dive into that, I would love to start with you. And in particular, to know a little bit about yourself and how you started your journey as a coach. And in particular, 
talking about self-sabotage and uh, working with people on self-sabotage. Yes, sure. So I feel like life has prepared me for this all my life. Ever since I was a young girl, born in a small village in Italy, I always had big ambitions. And I was always curious about why do, why do some people make it and others don't? And then growing up, I studied psychology. But the way that I studied it, it was all very theoretical, not very actionable. And I am all about action and something some practical changes and so i was a bit disappointed with that and i decided that i would just go to something completely different put that aside and i started several businesses one of them is skincare which was doing really well this was by this time I was already living in london and i was doing well but i i, I hit the ceiling and i was doing all the things that the gurus were telling me to do, like do webinars and email marketing and social media. And I was really like overwhelmed. I was feeling to the point of burnout and nothing was working. Like there was this income scene that I just couldn't break through. And then one day, as I went to this event in London, I met a coach and she offered me a free session. And in the free session, it turns out that I had a fear of success. I was afraid that if I became more successful and made more money than my partner, than my friends, than my family, at that time I was just slightly more successful than them, making slightly more money than them. But I thought that if I kept growing and expanding, they would think that, oh, she's become too big for her boots and she's stuck up now, she's not relatable, and that I wouldn't belong and that they would leave me. And although they never said anything, they would give me that impression. This is the message that I got from society and that women are supposed to be, so to support their partners that are shining their partner or just not like the, this image that I grew up with in Italy of the good woman that just supports everyone else instead of herself being the center of attention and the one that actually uh, is successful. And so when I was able to work with this coach on this fear, that's when I was able to double my income in just a few short months and just kept growing and growing. And, and then the pandemic hit and I had been feeling for a while that skincare wasn't it, that I was enjoying it, I was passionate about it, but there was so much more that I wanted to do. And just before that time, there were lots of women that were coming to me and say, oh, how did you create a, such a successful business? I want to learn how. And so when the pandemic hit, I was like, this is the right time to actually go all in with coaching and help other women create their businesses. And at first, again, I was helping them with business coaching. I knew that mindset and sabotage was really the key. But again, I was sabotaging myself again. <laughs> I didn't feel qualified to do that. And so I started helping them with the, the business strategies. And I noticed the very same thing. I would give them the strategies that worked for me, that worked for so many other people. And it just was not working for them because there was all these fears and sabotaging patterns getting in the way. And it's only when we started doing the work together to break through those patterns, the things really, really took off for them. And so that's how I came to the work that I do today. 
Yeah, that sounds like a, an amazing journey because you can really understand where your clients are in life and uh, wh what they are talking about because you experience those things firsthand. So you talk about your beliefs and you talked about your, your fears. Can we give some sort of uh, shopping list, if you like, of all the underlying beliefs that we might have and that may point to self-sabotage behaviors? Yes, there are so many beliefs and fears that cause us to self-sabotage, but I find that they usually fall in three big categories. And the first one is, I am not good enough. We all have had this voice in our heads. Oh, who am I to do? Who am I to do this? Why am I qualified? Well, there are so many other people that are already doing that and we're better than I am. And also the, you know, like growing up, we've all been, well, we've all been criticized for having dreams. And, and so a lot of us really don't feel Good enough. Even though we have the expertise and we have the degrees and the certifications and the practice, there is still this voice that tells us, who am I to do this? And this fear of being caught out, right? Because if I put myself out there and declare myself as an expert, and then someone disagrees with me, or I say the wrong thing on Instagram or on a video, then people may find out that I am a fraud, that I don't know as much as I do. It's all in our heads, but it's a big fear that people have not being good enough. Another, another big fear is I'm not worthy. I am not deserving of this. And again, this comes back to usually early childhood. As when you think about it, uh, most of us have been grown up to hear the word no so much. No, we can't afford that. No, that is not for you. That's not, we are not the kind of people who do that. And this can create patterns of, oh, so I don't deserve what I want or feeling guilty for actually wanting more than what you have. And the third big fear, again, is the fear of not belonging. For example, I remember being in, in school very young and I always enjoyed studying, I always enjoyed learning and I was doing really good. The teachers were actually presenting me as an example of what to do. And I learned very early on then your schoolmates won't like you if, if the teachers like you. And so that fear of if I shine too bright, if I put myself out there, then I won't belong. The people in my life, then won't like me. And so these are very deep-rooted fears, it's like the core belief. We may even not realize that we have them, but it's really it's driving our decisions and it's driving these uh, sabotaging patterns. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned here that fear for example of not being good enough and sometimes we doubt about our abilities to to do something or we are particularly cautious in 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 doing the next step for example where is the, really the threshold between a healthy self-doubt and the fear really that that stops you and self-sabotage you this is a really great question and yeah, fear gets demonized, but in reality, fear can be healthy because it points out potential dangers and just wants to keep you safe, right? It's just that our mind cannot really detect the difference between a real fear, like a real threat, and an imagined threat. So when you are at the public speaking or even just showing up 
live on Instagram. To your mind, really, it goes back, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I'm caught up as a fraud? And it goes down this rabbit hole that, okay, it goes back to when we were in stealing caves. And if you were to say something outside the community, you would be exiled. So at the bottom of that, when you, when you peel all the layers, there really is a fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, the fear of ultimately the fear of death as without the community human beings would have died but you're just doing an instagram live you're just picking on the stage it's not you're not really at risk of dying so it's really when you start to get that fear and that self-doubt just get curious and question it what is that trying to tell you there is a real danger here is it really that maybe maybe honestly don't have enough resources or certification or enough mind to do what I want to do. Great. If I know that uh, there is a real lack of resources there, I can make a plan to address that. But most of the time, you will realize that, again, this fear is so irrational. Uh, it feels real. In the body, it feels real. It is valid. I don't want to validate anyone's fears. But when you question, you realize that, oh, actually, there is no real threat here. And if I continue, I am going to be fine. Uh, I, I love that. One of the things, however, is that, you know, these fears sometimes are very difficult to detect, right? They are so hidden inside us. So for someone who is not fully aware of the particular fears uh, they have, what sort of signs they should look at to say, okay, I'm actually sabotaging myself here because I'm doing this and this and that, and perhaps I need to investigate a little bit what I'm doing and why I'm doing this. Absolutely. We always are the last ones to see our sabotaging patterns because to us, they are second nature. We have been doing them for so long that we don't even realize that we are doing them unless until you work with someone or even just a friend that starts to point out our blind spots. And a lot of signs are procrastination, perfectionism, the need to do things right in a certain way, people pleasing, you just feel rejection, feel putting yourself out there, and very often it really goes back to the identity, right? Because for example, take perfectionism. Oh, I'm, I'm a perfectionist, and we were like a badge of honor, and I know that I used to be one of them. I've always had very high standards, I wanted things to be done perfectly or I wouldn't even bother and I would just say that's who I am actually it is not who you are it's just a coping, a coping mechanism that I had adopted because of the child I was criticized a lot and so I learned that in order, in order to avoid criticism I had to be perfect which of course never worked because I would still get criticized you can never please anyone but at the time being so young, I really adopted that identity in order to, to feel safe. And growing up, it just became who I am. And so when I was spending all those hours perfecting Instagram posts or like doing a video and doing like 300 takes because I wanted to be perfect, those are all signs of self-sabotage. And really, there are so many and it's a bit different for everyone, but it really goes back to identity. And another and really it's a, it really is about, again, going back to who do you think that you are? What identity have you taken on as yourself? Are you a people pleaser? Are you 
a procrastinator and starting questioning that, response identity really are a result of trauma. And I really want to uh, make a note here, because when you think about trauma, we think about sexual abuse or physical abuse, but trauma step stems from our needs not being met. And so most of us experience trauma, from, start from more trauma as a child, because we maybe we grew up with parents that didn't have enough time for us, or we grew up with parents that were not comfortable with us expressing our emotions, or again, with parents that were very critical of us. And so who is that to become in order to survive as a child? Because that coping, that coping mechanism, it helped you survive back then, and it got you to where you are now, but it won't get you to your next level. And this is also important, again, like if you have friends, ask them what they see in you, what science they see in you, or self-sabotage, or if you want to work with a coach that can highlight your blind spots, because it's so hard to see these things for yourself. I totally agree on, on that. And I, I like what you're saying about the identity and questioning who you think you are, because very often the answer to that is what we tell ourselves, is really that self-talk. In fact, how can we question our self-talk and uh, really understand that it's completely BS? Oh, yes. This is a great question. And really comes, the first step is awareness, right? So being clear with what are you thinking every day? Because we have so many different thoughts every day. And again, they just go through our minds so quickly that we don't even realize we are having them, and yet they are running our life. And I remember years ago, I was working with a coach, and she challenged me for 48 hours to write down every thought that I had. And I was very resistant at the time, because who has the time, right? I didn't write every thought down, but I wrote a lot of them. And even just this exercise, even, even if you do just for one day or three or four hours a day, it really starts to alight your thinking patterns. And I realized that, that really under every thought, there was this pattern of, oh, I am not good enough. I had to work hard to be successful. I had to earn love and attention. And so once you see them in black and white on paper, it becomes so much easier to question them. And some questions that you can ask is, is this thought really true? Is it really hard that I have to be perfect all the time? Is it really true that I have to work so hard to be successful? And if it is not true, then where does the story come from? Where did you learn the belief? Because most of the time, these beliefs are not even our own beliefs. We just pick them up from our family, from our friends, from the movies, from the magazines. And so just asking yourself these two questions it can um, highlight that these thoughts are not your own, that these thoughts are not the truth, you don't have to believe them. And that can be so free because if they are not your thoughts, they are not the truth, then you can start choosing a different reality, you can choose a different thought and a different behavior. I absolutely love that as well. You mentioned before the trauma that we experience in, uh, in childhood, this sort of emotional scar that we have. How can we take that and use it for our growth 
personal growth and development. So use that trauma, use that past that is um, sort of bringing us into self-sabotage behaviors and turn them into growth. Oh, I love this question because I think everything happens for us, not to us. And this is when taking radical responsibility for your life comes uh, into the picture. And taking radical responsibility can be triggering for some people. And I want to be very clear, like, I don't want to say that you caused what you went through or that you deserved what you went through. I, for example, grew up in a family where my mother suffered from depression and my dad was absent. And so I I had to become the emotional and physical caretaker of my mom. And for a long time, I was really resentful of that. And why did I end up in the family? Why did life give me this tough challenge? And when I started taking radical responsibility, Radical responsibility is about what's the lesson here for me? If this hadn't happened, like if this, if this is happening for a reason, right? So what is the lesson there for me? And really for me, if that had not happened, if I had not had that experience, I would not have had that drive, as I was saying before, to understand why a study was successful, but why do others sabotage? I would not have become a coach. So whatever you went through, it's not your fault. You are not to blame. And there's something that you can learn to use for your growth and to use to help others. Because I found a lot of us, when we understand why we went through that and we learned the lesson, then we want to pay it forward as well, right? So I overcame so much. And now I'm paying it forward and supporting other women in doing the same. So what is the lesson there for you? Understanding that everything is happening for you, for your highest good, for your highest growth, and really making the most of them so you can turn that challenge into a strength. You can transform your life. And you can also make a big contribution for other people as well. That is so important because it's very easy, I would say, that... If you go through one setback, another failure, another setback, another failure, then you get to a point where it's very difficult to stand up again and rise again and fight your own battles. So how can you do that and stay still resilient on one end and and relevant on, on the other? Yes, this is a lot about forgiveness and acceptance. As the first step is always again, accept that something is happening. Even you don't have to like it, but as uh, Kitty Baron says, if you fight with reality, you're always going to get hurt. So just accept that something that you consider bad is happening or it didn't work out the way you want it. And be kind to yourself. Because again, these setbacks these failures, they really are an opportunity for growth. They are an opportunity for you to ask yourself, okay, this didn't work out. Why didn't work out? Because failure is just feedback, right? So, okay, this way didn't work, great. Now I can try another way that works. And really being kind to yourself and forgive yourself if for any mistakes, any failures, any setbacks that could happen because you were just, you're a human. And you were just doing the best that you knew uh, with what you had at the time. 
Like, you know, you, you are not God. You don't know everything. You just know what you know. So really, like, being kind to yourself. And as long as you know you were doing the best that you knew, with what you had at the time, then that, that's all you could humanly have done. So accept that it's happening. Look for the lesson that is trying to teach you. Look for uh, feedback. How, what else could I do differently and really be kind to yourself and forgive yourself? Well, let's start with forgiveness. I normally uh, ask that question towards the end. What do you think about that, in particular, self-forgiveness? For me, it's more about self-forgiveness. And how much really we need to go through a process of forgiveness in order to stop certain behaviors and as you said, accept the fact that some of the things that happened in our life, they are in the past and we cannot change them. But it's time to let them go. It's time for us to move forward and, and give really ourselves the permission to do that. Yes, I believe forgiveness really is key, and especially as you mentioned, self-forgiveness. I know for myself that there have been situations where I got hurt, someone hurt me, and I was mad at them. And sometimes, rightly so, but still I was even more mad at myself for allowing, for not seeing the signs, right? Because there are always reflex. We always have that voice, the intuition to ourselves that tells us, you should not be doing this. This person is not 100% okay. And we just keep ignoring them. And I believe that we have been taught growing up, there is, there is this misconception that you really need to punish yourself to change, that people change through criticism or judgment, and that if you give yourself grace and acceptance and forgiveness, that is just a free pass and excuse to make the same mistake again. But actually, it's the complete opposite. Because punishment, judgment, criticism, they just create shame. And shame causes people to hide because it, it reinforces sabotage. But when, again, you understand that you were always doing the very best that you could, that even if you ignore some reflex, you don't follow your intuition, that was all, again, it, it stems from trauma, it stems from sabotage, it stems from those patterns that you are not even aware of. Up until now, and maybe what's happening right now is happening for you to bring those patterns to the surface so you can finally heal them. So again, going back to acceptance and knowing that you were always doing the best you could at the time. And, and that's how you start. And that forgiveness is how you start to heal shame. Because only at that point, when you don't feel the shame, you can actually start choosing a different behavior. And also going point it's about loving yourself because again we, we think that oh if I hit myself then there will be a catalyst for change which causes more shame but when you love yourself you don't hurt what you love you know what I mean like you will never hurt the people that you love the most so if you do extend the love to yourself and you want to love yourself like you love your children like you love your best friend and showing them the same grace and compassion there, how you can start to heal and really transform your life. I absolutely love that. And in fact, if I may add, 
I burned out a few years ago and one of the reasons I believe did happen is that I didn't love myself enough to have boundaries with others and to make sure that certain things didn't happen. So I, I absolutely uh, appreciate what you're saying and uh, so thank you very much for highlighting that. So from love or self-love, let's go into gratitude and uh, appreciation, how much they can contribute to healing from past trauma and avoid self-sabotaging behavior. Yes, before we go there, I just want to say that about self-love, that we especially women, we really are conditioned to people please, to ignore, or we not to be true our intuition so that we please other people, we don't upset other people. So if that is how you feel, you know, that it's perfectly normal and it is it is a sign of trauma. People please is one of the biggest signs of trauma. And through everything that we mentioned, you can heal from it and you can start trusting yourself again. And I'm sorry, I forgot your, your other question now. Oh, it's um, taking the self-love a bit further into uh, appreciation and, uh, and gratitude and how this uh, help in the trauma healing and avoid or stop self-sabotage. Oh yeah, gratitude really is a big piece. And it really is about being grateful for everything. But as we were also mentioning before, what are your challenges, your setbacks, your failures here to teach you? And when you understand what the lesson is and learn to be grateful for the experience, okay, you just, you just shift the lens through which you see the world. Because you can live your life from a victim perspective and oh who me everything bad happens to me and then you have no power for yourself right you're always a victim to circumstances but when you switch that lens and realize oh this happened for me this is what i had to learn now you can take your power back and be grateful for the opportunity to take your power back be grateful for the lessons that uh, it was that to teach you and be grateful really for everything that happened because it has made you who you are. And start to also acknowledge, because again, we are just so critical of ourselves. But start to acknowledge your requirements. Start to acknowledge the small things that you do every day. And that doesn't have to be huge things. Uh, you know, if you're someone that is, that is suffering from depression, even making your bed can be a win. Even knowing that, oh, I felt good enough to make my bed or go out of this, it can be a huge win. So, and, the, the, and especially when you start feeling down, to say, oh, thank you that I'm feeling like this. How, what, what is this feeling trying to teach me? What is that yet to tell me? Then you start changing that mindset, really taking your power back in every area of your life. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. In fact, uh, one of the things that I struggle with is celebrating. If I look back, yes, I, I had lots of successes. I don't think I have celebrated many of them. And perhaps that is another reason why we end up self-sabotaging ourselves in the sense that we don't understand 
going back to the uh, I'm not good enough, for example, that you mentioned at the very beginning, the fact that we don't celebrate and therefore every success just goes like water under the bridge and we don't uh, take stock of, of those uh, positive uh, outcomes. What do you think about it? Oh, absolutely. Celebration is so important because, as you mentioned, if you don't celebrate, your brain tends to downplay the accomplishment. And I'll give you an example. Like I, a few years ago, I did publish a book about skincare. It took a while not just uh, to write the book, to write the book and to create a cover. Like it was a long process, right? And I was, uh, and I was, like, oh, I'm going to celebrate when it's done. Oh, I finished the first shot, but I'm going to always celebrate until it's, it's published. And then the day it was published, I was over the moon. And the next day I woke up and I felt nothing. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why is that happening? And it really goes back to the fact that you spend this big chunk of time working on something, preparing yourself for something, studying a certain discipline, getting a certification. But then there is a celebration. And so your brain goes, oh, I spent so much effort and time and money on this thing. And I get no reward for it. So it really was not that important. And that's when you start going for the next accomplishment and the next big goal, hoping that that will actually give you that we make you feel accomplished. We make you feel good enough. But if you don't celebrate every step, you're never going to get there. You're never going to take that stock of, oh, look at what I've actually done. And, it's, and, and so it's really important to celebrate every little step, every little milestone. And that's how you start building confidence in yourself, confidence in your ability. And your brain starts getting that, oh, you are doing a good job. And you are capable, you are worthy. So definitely I'm big on celebration. I always encourage all my clients to celebrate even the smallest wins. Absolutely. It's something that we all need. And, uh, you know, it's uh, that little muscle that uh, keeps us going and, uh, and smile in front of any setback and uh, any problem. So I, I love what you are saying. You mentioned the word feedback and when we sabotage, we said it's very difficult to recognize for ourselves and having a feedback from someone uh, is important. So how important is to create a network of people, or support system, if you like, that really helps in, in that? Because not everyone is really helpful, shall we say, in giving uh, advices or in uh, talking to others in a way that doesn't make them feel bad <laughs> and uh, inadequate perhaps, but really gives a, a positive criticism and a positive feedback. Our community really is another big piece of the puzzle. It's so easy to get excited, right? You listen to a podcast or maybe you go to a VP event or like a self-help event and you get so excited that, oh I don't know, I know what's what's not working I can change it and then a week later you're just 
back to normal, the statement is gone, you better do the exact same thing. And again, that goes back, and that's why to have a community of people around you that can that can help sustain that change, really is key. Because most people, they are not doing this work. They are operating with their own self-sabotaging patterns. And this, this is not a judgment on anyone. It's just the state of reality. Most people don't have the support network that knows how to empower them or support them because no one is doing the same for them. And so to put yourself in a room with people that are actively doing this work and they call you forward when you step back with love, when they point out, oh, look, you are back to your self-attaching patterns because they have your best interest at heart. That really is how you sustain change for the long term. Because doing this work on your own, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really, very hard. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna because you are a social animal, you have friends, your family, you have co-workers. And if you spend most of your time interacting with people that are not doing the same work as you, it really is like driving a car with a brake on. Because there always if if people don't understand what you do. You will always have to explain, second guess, and in the end, without even realizing it. That's the thing. You don't even realize that you go back to your old pattern. So the more you can surround yourself with people that can call you forward with love, they can give you honest feedback with love, the sooner you will start to see changes and lasting changes as well. I, I totally agree. I mean, um, I can think of many situations where if I ask an advice to, to my mother, I know it will be counterproductive. And uh, sometimes uh, people say, you know, only get advice on, on Sunday, especially when it comes to your work and your, uh, your life to people that have already achieved where you want to go and they are already there. So they know how to, they, they know how to show you the, the road basically to get there. Absolutely. I remember when I wanted to move to London all those years ago, my family and my friends back in Italy, they were so against it because they were afraid. Like they were afraid that, oh, what if, what if I fail? What if I can't find a place to stay and it's expensive and it's dangerous? And none of them had ever left our hometown. So when people tell that you can't do something or projecting their fears on them, what they're really saying is, oh, I don't know how to do it, or I am afraid of doing it, so you should not be doing it. But it is not the truth. So thank them for meaning well. Thank them for trying to protect you, because their love, it comes from a place of love. And don't take advice from someone that has not done what you want to do, because there are people out there that are doing it, so why not you? Absolutely, absolutely. Georgia, do you have specific habits or routines that you can advise people if they have some self-sabotage behaviors? Have you already talked a bit about gratitude? That's something that I journal every single day. And one of the journaling prompts is about gratitude. So three things that I am grateful for, or if I do it in the evening, three things that happened to me that were positive during the day or that I made happen. So just being grateful. And but also journaling about 
any challenges that you had, any fears that you have, like every morning just, I, I personally prefer to use some prompts, but also just doing a stream of consciousness on a blank page and see what comes up can be very helpful because different styles work for different people. But just putting those fears and insecurities that you have out of your head into the paper, because when you see them written in black and white, sometimes they are so irrational that you just, I do laugh at some of my fears because they are so irrational. And so that can help against they are not the truth. And that's thing that I do every morning while I'm still in bed, you know, when you're just waking up but you're still in bed, is visualizations and really visualizing myself accomplishing those goals that feel scary to me now. Because again, your brain has another difference between reality and fantasy. So if you start imagining really being that energy of your goal accomplished and what would it feel like? What would it look like? Then your brain starts getting on board. It starts becoming familiar to your brain because that's the thing. Like anything that is even just slightly out of the ordinary, just slightly out of your comfort zone, your brain will imagine it as a threat. And so if you can visualize yourself already having what you want, it starts to become familiar to your brain. So they will finally start cooperating with you and they help you find opportunities and the people, the resources to make what you want happen. I love that because our brain is uh, most of the time against us, works against us. So that self-talk we talked about uh, earlier and uh, all these uh, limiting beliefs that uh, that we have and they can be absolutely uh, disempowering. If there was one advice that you would like to give to anybody, what would be when it comes to self-sabotage? So I do believe that all of us, we do have a purpose, a mission, something we would like to accomplish in life. And you owe it to yourself and the people that you want to help to get out of your own way. And so my advice is, if you realize that you are stuck in this circle and you are doing all the right things and you're still not getting the results that you want, then reach out for support. There are so many people, coaches, mentors, communities that can help you point out those blind spots and start doing that work. As again, it's really hard to do it by yourself. You don't know what you don't know. And so having someone that can support you in this journey and highlight that those deep fears, those traumas that are causing you to be stuck in the cycle of busy work and burnout and just always being maybe close to what you want, but never quite getting there. So start doing, start doing this work, start getting curious about what's underneath this. And when you start doing this work, whatever formula looks out for you, it, it really will change everything for you, but it starts with you asking for support. Don't try to do it alone. Because really that is the long road. And some of your sets of the patterns, they are so second nature to you that if I were to just tell it to you right now, you will fight me on them and say, oh no, that may be true from so-and-so, but it is not true for me. So really, finding someone that you trust, that can coach you to see what you can't see for yourself, 
it's really priceless. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Well, Georgia, I would like to come back on you for before ending this uh, lovely conversation. Is there anything particular that you are working on uh, right now that you want to share with us? What's uh, in the pipeline for, let's say, the second half of this year? Yes, uh, in the, so far at the moment, I'm very focused on my one-on-one work that again is all around uh, sabotage. So I have a coaching program where you can work with me one-on-one for three months. And this is exactly the work that we do. So it starts with getting clear on your vision and what goal you would like to achieve. Then we look at unhurting, uncovering your self-sabotaging patterns. Where do you stop? What's beneath that? And really changing your identity. Because this perfectionist or the procrastinator or the people pleaser, it is not who you are. It's just some coping mechanisms that you have adopted to survive. And so if they are not you, they can be changed. You can change them. And that's start and, and that work is very actionable because I believe like master work is very really useful, but it can't be limited intellectually to your head. At some point you have to put that in practice and it's so much easier to take action despite your fears when you have someone that supports you. And then towards the second half, I will also package all of this, uh, all of this work and put in a group program for people that prefer, as we're talking about the power of community. So for people that prefer to have a community, we can do the same work, but with other women as well that are going through the same thing. Fantastic. So if people would like to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about you and what you do, where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at my website, thetreasureswithin.net, or I'm also on Instagram at it's Georgia G. Fantastic. And as always, we will put all the links in the description of today's episode. Georgia, final question. If there was one take-home message that you would love everybody to remember from this conversation, what that would be? Your self-sabotaging patterns are not who you are. You are more capable and more worthy and more incredible than you give yourself credit for and you really owe it to yourself and to everyone in your life to get out of your own way, start doing the healing, the forgiveness work so that you can show up as your true self and make the difference that you were born to make as the world needs you and your gifts. Oh, that is so beautiful. Well, I hope that this episode has provided insights and inspiration on how we can stop sabotaging our life, career, and relationships and change our life path. Self-sabotage can be a complex and challenging issue to navigate, but it's also an opportunity for growth and self-improvement. As Tony Robbins said, the only thing that's keeping you from getting what you want is the story you keep telling yourself. Georgia, thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this lovely conversation. I really enjoy every second of it. Thank you so much for staying with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Rosanne. This has been beautiful. Thank you again. And to everyone listening as well. Thank you. Well, we would like to know what you think about this topic. Do you sabotage your life or aspects of your life? If so, I believe there is 
plenty in this episode to get you started on a different path. But if you have questions that perhaps we didn't address today, then let us know, get in touch, and we will strive to seek the answer for you. Also, don't forget to check Georgia's website and to follow her on social media. You will find all the links in the description of today's episode. Hopefully not, but if you have been affected in any way by the topic we discussed today, as always, I invite you to seek professional help. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive.gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.